0: I've always thought that it was a really big flex for someone to say, like, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. To me that's like, you're big time.
1: (laughs) I had a friend in high school who had a lawyer and he carried his business card for whenever he got pulled over. And apparently it worked very well.
0: No. Yeah.
1: I wonder how he's doing.
0: Though technically, everyone who lives in the United States has a lawyer. The people's lawyer. A person whose role is ostensibly to represent the public's interest in every state.
2: And if you pick up the newspaper any day and read the front page, usually you will find the attorney general's office involved in most of the cases that our journalists are reporting on every day.
0: This is Civics 101. I'm Hannah McCarthy.
2: I'm Nick Capodice.
0: And today we are looking at the chief legal advisors and law enforcement officers of our country the state's Attorneys General.
1: Attorneys General, like Culls De Sack or Whoppers Jr.
0: <laughs> I never thought about Whoppers Jr.
1: That's a joke from The Onion. William Sapphire orders to Whoppers Jr. 24 Nebraska killers sentenced to life as juveniles should stay locked up.
2: That's the argument Attorney General John Bruning is going to take straight to the Nebraska Supreme Court.
3: Another is in Texas,
4: where the Attorney General is suing to contest election results in four battleground
1: states. The Tennessee Attorney General is investigating two brothers who hoarded at least 18,000
2: bottles of hand. Sanitizer.
4: California's Attorney General Rob Bonta is launching a racial justice bureau in the state's Department in of Justice. And a report released yesterday There's State Attorney General
2: Bob Ferguson
4: recommended that it be mandatory to report information about incidents involving deadly force.
0: We have got 53 53 of these attorneys general. Every state, the District of Columbia, Guam, and the Northern Mariana Islands has an attorney general. They are not all alike, and they don't all have the same duties. They come by their office differently and work with different entities. But we can tell you the basics of what your attorney general... The one who shows up on the local news does. Producer Jackie Fulton spoke with a former New Hampshire attorney general, Michael Delaney.
2: And I am a director in the law firm of McLean Middleton in Manchester, New Hampshire.
0: Michael Delaney was attorney general of New Hampshire from 2009 to 2013. And the attorney general, or AG, has two main roles. This is true of every attorney general, ours and yours.
2: The attorney general in the state of New Hampshire serves two primary roles. He or she is the chief law enforcement officer of the state and he or she is the chief legal officer of the state. Generally speaking, that means that the attorney general oversees the enforcement of criminal laws and then on the civil side is really the chief legal advisor to the state of New Hampshire and all of its state agencies.
1: As far as the chief law enforcement
2: aspect goes, can we pick that apart for a little bit? Why do we sometimes hear them called the top cop? I think there is some confusion. Sometimes you hear the attorney general being the top cop, and the attorney general isn't really the top cop being a police officer, but the attorney general holds a license to practice law, so the attorney general is a lawyer. But the attorney general holds significant authority to both investigate enforce and commence criminal prosecutions regarding any violations of the criminal laws in the state.
0: To be clear, the Office of the Attorney General also goes after violations of civil, environmental and consumer protection laws in a state. The AG combats fraud and corruption and is tasked with protecting workers and civil rights. They also occasionally combat election fraud. The Attorney General does not personally get into a cruiser and pursue potential criminals. But they do oversee law enforcement in their state.
1: So earlier you said the AG is the people's lawyer. And does that mean I as a citizen can just call up their office and say, hey, I need to hire you because I'm in some real trouble.
0: Not quite. The AG is there to protect the interests of the people of a state, not the private interests of a person. So what that actually looks like is asserting a state's sovereignty when coming up against federal laws and regulations and advising and representing the government that represents the people of a state. But you can alert the attorney general's office if, say, you have a complaint against a business or the government, or if you believe a law is being or has been broken. And these offices do get a lot of complaints and try to find ways to respond to them. I recently found a series of videos that the Ohio Attorney General had his consumer protection staff make, explaining to citizens how they can protect themselves against the most frequently reported instances of consumer threats.
3: With spring around the corner, beware of home improvement scammers.
1: We receive a lot of complaints about debt collections. Some debt collectors try to scare you into paying money you don't know.
3: People file more complaints about
5: automobiles in our office than anything else. Protecting your identity can be done in a couple of different
1: ways. Okay, so when I read about an attorney general suing the president over some new law, that's essentially the AG being the people's lawyer.
0: Yes, the state AG is a really important cog in the federalism wheel, right? They are the ones who say, hey, we states have rights and powers, too. And you can't always tell us what to do.
1: So do we vote for them? Does the public have any say in who the attorney general is?
0: Only in some cases. In 43 states, people elect their attorney general. In the rest, and that includes New Hampshire, the AG is an appointed position. So the
2: qualifications are that you have to be licensed to practice law. So you have to be a lawyer and you have to be um, skilled by reason of experience in education. Uh, And in terms of the process, the attorney general is nominated by the governor and is appointed by the governor and the executive council.
0: The executive council, by the way, is a body unique to New Hampshire.
2: Yeah, they're
1: elected and serve as a sort of check on the governor's power, though that's a different episode altogether.
0: I also want to point out that not all states require that their attorneys general be lawyers, though in recent history, all state attorneys general have been.
1: And when it comes to the actual lawyering, what does a day in court look like for a state attorney general?
0: Well, the AG oversees a number of departments. So on any given day, they get to have their hand in different legal
5: matters.
2: And the Civil Bureau is the agency that provides legal advice to all of the state agencies and also takes control of all of the litigation involving the state in the courts. There is an Environmental Protection Bureau that assists the state agencies whose mission is to enforce um, the environmental laws, and that agency also brings prosecutions for violations of environmental laws. There's a Consumer Protection Bureau that is a really a public advocacy bureau which enforces consumer protection laws to ensure that consumers are being treated fairly and aren't being deceived. There is a Criminal Bureau that provides general supervision for the enforcement of all criminal laws in the state and also has specific prosecution functions. The most common one that people associate with the office is the Homicide Prosecution Unit that prosecutes all the homicides in the state. But they also argue cases to the New Hampshire Supreme Court and they handle complex drug cases, complex financial crimes, And they also prosecute all of the public integrity crimes in the state when an elected or a public official is accused of official misconduct.
1: That is so much, given all the responsibilities, the AG can't be the only lawyer involved in all these instances, right?
0: No, definitely not. Depending on the size of the state, there might be hundreds of lawyers working for the attorney general. The attorney general is typically the head of the Department of Justice in a state. So you can think of that job as performing a lot of oversight. But they do have their literal days in court. More often than not, this is the state Supreme Court or a district court when they
5: represent the state or state officials. But cases do get higher than that. Delaney was once able to argue a case before the Supreme Court of the United States, when a New Hampshire case was appealed all the way to the top and accepted by SCOTUS.
1: All right. So that's the big potatoes. But that story is like a career highlight in the case of an AG's lift, isn't it? What's the smaller day-to-day stuff look like for the attorney general?
4: They're, they're the ones you should probably contact if you feel like there's been some kind of violation of election law. Or environmental law.
3: Oh yeah, Or about that the old bit. lady down
4: the road, you know, <laughs> getting,
3: getting held hostage in her house. Or cashing all of her dead friends' social security checks. Right. She lives a very interesting life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's Jackie Benson and Anna Brown. Both worked at a place called Citizens Count, a New Hampshire organization that monitors key political issues when producer Jackie Fulton spoke to them in 2019.
4: The other thing that they do that I love, but the, because I'm a huge policy nerd, Ooh. is I love their the opinions. I love it when the attorney general's office issues an opinion. So sometimes when state law can be confusing which it often is. Like I read bills, I read state law all day and I still will end up just going uh-huh, <laughs>
0: you know. The AG often takes it upon themselves to clarify a law
4: and make that clarification
0: available to the public.
4: The attorney general's office will be like, "All right, guys, let me break it down for you." And they will publish like a formal opinion of like, "Here's what this law actually means."
1: So essentially the attorney general also acts as the interpreter of and resource for state law?
4: Here's exactly what's covered. Here's exactly what's not. Here's where things are a little gray in terms of the law. So they the attorney general can also act as like the interpreter of state law. And that doesn't mean that you couldn't say, I disagree with that interpretation. And I'm going to take it to court. And I'm going to say, you know, that I think that the attorney, just because the attorney general gave an opinion, doesn't mean that that's like has legal standing. But it can help somebody you know, like a town official, for example, get some clarity on, you know, how how they should be acting or what policies they should be putting in place in order to be in compliance with state law.
1: It's starting to occur to me that someone at this high level of government who has pretty strong sway over law and justice in their state would have a ton of influence over what laws are challenged and what laws aren't. And this can sort of creep into a very partisan world, which makes me wonder, do attorneys general identify As Republicans or Democrats.
3: It's not like people are thinking all the time about whether the attorney general is Democrat or Republican. But it does come in to play when we talk about policy issues like the Affordable Care Act is, you know, are they going to join a lawsuit against opioid manufacturers or not?
0: The thing is, those attorneys general that run for office do run as Republican or Democrat. And those who are appointed?
2: I think it's fair to say that most governors appoint an attorney general um, who has been uh, a member of the party, of the administration, of the governor.
0: Particularly during Obama's time in office, you saw a pretty significant spike in what you might call activist attorneys general, or at least this is what I've seen them referred to as, who worked in party aligned coalitions to sue the president over policy. In Obama's case, it was Republican attorneys general. When Trump was in office, it was Democrat attorneys general. And depending on the political leanings of a state, people might argue that an attorney general who does not reflect the majority politics is not the, quote, people's
3: lawyer. And there's been multiple bills in the legislature in New Hampshire to have the legislature elect or approve the appointment of the attorney general because Particularly during the early days of the Affordable Care Act, a lot of Republican legislators were very mad that the New Hampshire attorney general was not signing on to these lawsuits against, as people call it, Obamacare. So they would argue that, yeah, it's not the 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 position in New Hampshire is not responsive enough to the public. But, yeah, the other argument is it does make it slightly more independent and slightly less partisan.
1: This to me sounds like the difference between being a politician and having political ideologies, Like a politician AG who wants to be reelected might appease party leaders and voters, but an AG who follows their ideologies or is just following what they believe to be just law might put their reelection in jeopardy.
0: And terms in office are different from state to state as well. Who that AG works for does or does not appeal to might change based on who is elected or appointed.
4: You know, when it's particularly independent is when the attorney general has a four year term. And our governor only has a two-year term so it is entirely possible that a governor could um, you know appoint an attorney general and then that governor chooses not to run for election or loses an election contest and another governor comes in and they're stuck with the attorney general that the previous governor appointed
1: which actually is something that happens all the time in New Hampshire governors get for lack of a better term saddled with the AG appointed by the predecessor
0: Now, politics truly aside, Anna Brown pointed out that attorneys general have a lot to worry about that has very little obvious crossover with politics.
3: A lot of what the attorney general does is not necessarily partisan. I mean, if you think about it, like I said, the the attorney general is the top prosecutor. So they're going to represent the state in cases before the state Supreme Court death penalty and life imprisonment cases, and they're going to supervise all the other criminal prosecutions in Superior Court and Supreme Court and federal appeals. That includes overseeing all the homicide cases in the state. So that's not exactly partisan.
1: This to me sounds like the difference between being a politician and having political ideologies. Like a politician AG who wants to be reelected might appease party leaders and voters, but an AG who follows their ideologies or is just following what they believe to be just law might put their reelection in jeopardy.
0: And terms in office are different from state to state as well. Who that AG works for does or does not appeal to might change based on who is elected or appointed.
4: You know, when it's particularly independent is when the attorney general has a four year term. And our governor only has a two year term. Hmm. So it is entirely possible that a governor could, um, you know, appoint an attorney general and then that governor chooses not to run for election or loses an election contest. And another governor comes in and they're stuck with the attorney general that the previous governor appointed.
1: Which actually is something that happens all the time in New Hampshire. Governors get, for lack of a better term, saddled with the AG appointed by the predecessor.
0: Now, politics truly aside, Anna Brown pointed out that attorneys general have a lot to worry about that has very little obvious crossover with politics.
3: A lot of what the attorney general does is not necessarily partisan. I mean, if you think about it, like I said, the the attorney general is the top prosecutor. So they're going to represent the state in cases before the state Supreme Court death penalty and life imprisonment cases and they're going to supervise all the other criminal prosecutions in superior court and supreme court and federal appeals. And that includes overseeing all of the homicide cases in the state. So that's not exactly partisan.
0: And the AG plays an entirely different incidental role because lawsuits mean damages. Damages is just money. Win a lawsuit or settle happily out of
3: court? Cash in. Something people might not know is that the attorney general's office is actually a significant source of money for the state, because if there are these big lawsuits, they can really, quote unquote, bring home the bacon. And so the really big example of this is the Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement. And under it, the states will receive the largest financial recovery in history, a total of $206 billion through the year 2025.
1: Oh, I remember this. This was in the 1990s when basically everyone sued Big Tobacco and won. So I guess this means it was state attorneys general who sued Big Tobacco and won.
3: The funding from this is so massive to that to this day. Funding from the master settlement agreement in New Hampshire is about one percent of all general and education trust fund revenue. One percent may not sound like a lot, but think about all the other taxes that are going in there. Think about the billions of dollars that New Hampshire spends on its budget. One percent is a significant amount of what you could otherwise be paying in taxes.
1: So I keep coming back to this people's lawyer thing. This idea that the attorney general is looking out for the best interest of citizens. So that has to mean, at times, getting on the bad side of institutions that throw their weight around in a state. like Big businesses, corporations, even the police. So does the AG ultimately err on the side of protecting the little guy?
0: It depends whom you ask. But there have been some recent lawsuits in New Hampshire where it's appeared as if the AG has been looking out for the interests of New Hampshire citizens.
3: I think it can be kind of interesting to look at some of the lawsuits and legal cases the attorney general is choosing to get involved in. So, for example, they settled with a for-profit education company over deceiving students about costs and program accreditation. That was something you may not have heard much about in the news, but that's the type of thing where it's they're really looking to protect New Hampshire consumers and it can make a difference. You've also heard about the attorney general lately related to sexual misconduct at Dartmouth and at St. Paul's.
1: So I know the New Hampshire AG isn't my lawyer. But how do I flag violations of the law? If I know something nefarious or unjust is going on, is there a way for me to get my AG to do something about it?
3: So the great thing about the Attorney General in New Hampshire is that you can file a complaint directly with the Attorney General. If you think your rights have been violated, if you think someone is violating environmental protection laws, if you suspect elder abuse, you can go to the Attorney General website and they're going to have forms and other reporting mechanisms for you to start the ball of justice rolling. Yeah,
4: and anyone can go. Any, any, anyone. Anyone can go.
0: We should say, though, that while all of this is true, the AG is still a public figure, usually a kind of political figure. And attorneys general get flack for things like a lack of rigor in investigations into and prosecutions of police misconduct or lack of attention of elder abuse or sexual misconduct. And this flack makes a difference, as would any too glaring a spotlight on any public figure. And it can make your attorney general refocus on the task at hand, which touches your life, not just at the justice stage, but at the legislative stage
2: as well. The attorney general really does work quite closely with the governor and the legislature, both the Senate and the House, Um, And while the Attorney General is not a policymaker, there are legal issues that are implicated in every public policy initiative that the state is involved in. So the Attorney General really works very closely with both our elected leaders and the heads of our departments of state agencies to advance public policy on behalf of the public interest of the citizens of the state.
1: That does it for this episode. While we're on the subject, if you'd like to have a hand in advancing your public interest, you can go to naag.org and click on the headshot of your attorney general and you'll get their phone number, office address, and a link to their website. You'll also find a link to that resource at our website, civics101podcast.org.
5: This episode was produced by me, Hannah McCarthy, with Nick Capadice. Producer Jackie Fulton spoke with Michael Delaney, Jackie Benson, and Anna Brown. Our team includes Christina Phillips. Rebecca Lavoie is our executive producer.
1: Our show and team are able to exist because of our listeners. So if you want to support Civics 101, please consider making a contribution by clicking the donate link at civics101podcast.org.
5: And if you want more portable civics, but in written form, Nick and I wrote a book on it. It's called A User's Guide to Democracy, How America Works. You can find it wherever books are sold.
1: Wherever you get your books.
2: (laughs) It's funny. You know.
1: Music in this episode by BioUnit, Jazar, Ketza, Mr. Ruiz, Xylozyko, and Youngkarts.
5: Civics 101 is a production of NHPR, New Hampshire Public Radio.